This is Murderous Minors, Killer Kids, bringing you the frightening and truly insane tales of children with the thirst to kill. Kindergarten through 12th grade murderers. True stories thoroughly researched. Join us weekly for new tales of parents' worst nightmares on Murderous Minors, Killer Kids. choice can change your life. We didn't even count down. No. Well, I could put it in later. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Numer Hadden Hadden. You can count. You do it real quick. Five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is Daniel. I'm Daniel. And I'm Carla. This is Hoosier Homicide. A true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. We highly recommend listening to this while under the influence of shrooms. Shrooms. Skeletal remains were found by a mushroom hunter Saturday afternoon in Hancock County. Can you explain what mushroom hunting is and why people do it? It's a thing. I don't understand it. Is it because the mushrooms are delicious or something, or is it just fun to find? Maybe both. Yes. Can you sell them, too? Yes. People have found mushrooms that are literally worth um, over a million dollars. Interesting. Because they're considered a uh, rare delicacy. Yeah, because you have to go hunting. So restaurants will buy them and sell them. Maybe it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I know they've found that they're worth a lot of fucking money. That weird little Japanese show on Netflix where the sad woman lives with two two bears and a chick. It's like Japanese, but she's not. I don't know. It's a Netflix original. But at one point, the bear gets a little musty and shrooms grow out of its butt. And she cooks it and says, it's okay, guys. We can eat it. But then a frog hops in the room. And eats a mushroom and like it makes it all fucked up. So she's like, I'm sorry, I almost made you guys eat the poison butt mushrooms. <laughs> what is this? A, is this a children's show? Yes, it yes. is. It's so weird. And then the girl from The Grudge is in one episode. She got hit by a bus. And I look behind and I go, Well, I always look both ways. And she's like, Uh huh. <laughs> See, I walked in on it last night and you were asleep on the couch and mm-hmm. she was watching it. Classic. <laughs> and the way it looked, it's like the bear's head had done a complete. Like almost a 180. <laughs> and all I hear is the lady say, You're not to go out and play with that bear anymore. And when I looked down, it, it turned out it was its tail. But at the moment, at that first glance, I thought it had a bush. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the pedo bear. Because the way it had its head. Ew. Yeah, I'm like, What the fuck kind of show is this? The sad woman that lives at home with bears that can take their skin off, too. I thought, like, YouTube had been playing on the TV. Why? Yeah, it's so away. weird. I don't know what it's called. I can't even pronounce it. Why do they need to take their skins off? To wash them. And then they hang them up to dry. Ugh. What? What do they look like with them off? <laughs> I don't know. They hide under the covers. And they don't talk. <laughs> they're like... Mm-hmm. That's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And weird. Mm-hmm. That's what they sound like. And she spends a fuck ton of money online shopping because the delivery man is attractive. 
So she pays full price Shoot, for shipping. that sounds like something I would do. And then she gets the bill and she turns to her little woodland critter friends and goes, no more snacks for the foreseeable future, guys. <laughs> she takes their snacks away. Because she bought too much shit online. <laughs> yes. That's so rude. And they go, what? <laughs> What's the show called? I don't know. I don't even think I can pronounce it. I have no idea. Like, what it's, the fuck? I don't understand. It's like in Japan, but I don't know if she's an American. Like, all the characters speak English, but all the writing is in Japanese. I don't and know. It's Maybe it's like, an American Japanese artist yeah, that does it. I, it is. I mean, it's all, and it's like the claymation type stuff. So what? it's interesting. This is even worse. It's it, it's really cool looking, but that's why I was like, it's cute. I like the little chick. It's always trying to clean things. I'm trying to clean the <laughs> so bear's butts. It, so yeah, it was. It was. It set off like insecticide got, trying to kill the mushrooms. He got the butt like. He got fungus grown out it of his butt. butt. And she picked it and they cooked it on a little like grill. They sit around the table. What kind of hibachi? Is that the what hibachi, it is? She yeah. cooked the butt mushrooms on, on a hibachi grill. grill. <laughs> and What's wrong with that? What in the and she actual? Was like, she was like, I'm sorry. A friend at work told me I was just really predictable and I thought this would make my life more exciting by eating fucking shrooms. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's funny, though, because the other day I went out with my friend Jesse, and some girl in the bathroom at the bar at like 2 a.m. just gave her a handful of mushrooms. Uh, and you're like, did you hunt for these yourself? I don't know. And like, <laughs> the, Jesse came out and was like, some girl just gave me mushrooms. And then she, the girl came back out and she was like so fucked up. Mm. I was just like, are you in there? Did she mean to give her the shrooms? Yeah. Okay. For free. For free. And so Jesse, uh, she went with this guy she knew from like an old job, and he like kind of shuffles over to me. He's like, "I got shrooms in my pocket." <laughs> and then the girl was like, wanted Jesse to add her on Facebook, but like couldn't pull up her <gasps> own Facebook app. Yeah. yeah, and then she like couldn't even dial like her phone number on the phone. Was she there with people? No, she was just walking around with a backpack. With the backpack, that's how you know. <laughs> So, and then Jesse was like, we should all take them. And I was like, we should not. No. We you don't take free mushrooms from people. No. <laughs> Even if she seems like she's enjoying them herself and that you would too, you cannot. I don't really don't. That's when the girl was it like. It looks like it makes you have too much of a fun time. Yeah. You can't turn but it I off. I want to have a fun time, but I would also don't want to overdo it. I don't know. I've never. <laughs> I've like, never done I've them. never done it. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then. The girl was like, I want to be your drug dealer. And he's like, like well, I don't need one. It's such a beautiful proposal. So then, I don't know. Oh, later, so that's what it, it was clever marketing. Yes. I really think it was. To get you hooked on the product. Yeah, she's like, I'll try be, it for free. Now I'll be your drug dealer. Here's my card. Except she couldn't even function. She couldn't even pull up <laughs> her like, Facebook. Here's my Venmo app. You can send me money for your drugs. Yeah. So then I, got, I talked to Jesse like the next time I saw her, and she's like, She's like, I didn't take them, but my friend Garrett did. He said they were actually pretty good. Oh, okay. Well, like, there wow. you go. Well, then what they, what she do can they be go his on, drug like dealer. Pizza or like uh, a yeah. cheeseburger? Yeah, you just like grate it up and you put it right on top of your cheese know. pizza. So the thing that grew out of cow shit turned out to be pretty good. I have no idea. I don't I know how it works. I don't I think No, that's what they, yeah. They grow out they of grow out. They grow out of poop. Bacillocybin, mushroom, fa so, facilocybin, I think, something like that. Yes. So just as they are naturally- Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, though, that's how you get them. Yeah. Those mushrooms that were handed to Jesse were grown in cow shit. 
I'm sure that other people have come up with different stuff, but I think that's it. It's the fertilizer uh, maybe, part. Maybe, I don't know. So it's just naturally how it grows in the world. Mm-hmm. You yes. just pick it up and eat it, and it gives someone you had weird to do feelings. That. I mean, someone I had to do You have to, like, you let them, like, dry out, you know? I mean, come on, that'd be kind of gross. I don't know, man. I don't know anything. I don't really. know anything about it. Specifically. Specifically. I thought shrooms was more of a visual activity. I no you couldn't, I couldn't even tell you, it, you shit about shit. I know, uh, I know enough people that have done them, so mm-hmm. I've heard several different stories about how you feel, and it's... Any common theme? I know, I've talked to people that see shit and colors and sensations. Mm. And like purple tastes like purple. I can <laughs> smell <laughs> purple. He, he, like that's what he eats. <laughs> yeah, he eats a bunch of shrooms and then he's like littering in, littering in, and his ears start to wiggle. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know shit about shit. Except it's grown in shit. Shit about shit. It's shit about shit, but it's grown in shit. And I only just knew that because Daniel told me. Yeah. You're welcome. The wellspring you. of knowledge. <sighs> I guess. Oh, Daniel got bitten the dick by the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while we didn't record last week. Ow. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, thanks for bringing up a painful memory. <laughs> what was happening? I mean, was it just I playful? just got home from work and he was excited and I wasn't petting him. So he jumped up, headbutted me and snapped down and bit. He does that. He's a nibbler. Yeah. Yes. Bit the tip of his wiener. He Ow. did. I mean, he had to check. Like, it was a, it was a concern. Like, it Hell wasn't. Hell yeah, it's a concern. <laughs> and I was trying not to laugh, but your dog bit you in the dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did it leave a mark? Did it break skin? I have a scar. Do you want to see it? No. no. That's so wrong. <laughs> no. No. He was okay. That's no. good. As long as it doesn't break the skin. And Danielle can tell you it's working just no, fine. No, stop. <laughs> stop. What the fuck? Well, I'm glad to hear you're okay. <laughs> but when it happened. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, because I yelled, God damn it, he just bit my dick. <laughs> I, I mean, as soon as he did it, I fucking swung at him, but he had already jumped back. He's just the kind of, he's the kind of dog he wouldn't even know. He no, would just be like, punch me again. He's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oh, yeah. That's me. He'll like... I don't understand him. He really likes me. And he'll just like get up on top of me and then start nibbling me. Yep. Just like, what shirt, are you doing? Like, yeah. He's like, we can be BFF. Just let me he's, bite you. He's bit me in the tip, tip before. Yep. We got that. Yep. I was all right, though, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll find out later on if I... <laughs> if I... <laughs> if I so <laughs> oh, God. No, man. That's so weird. That's fantastic. So you got to move in your I new roommate? I moved to my new roommate. Of course, <laughs> when I go over there to help pick up his shit he has nothing ready yeah he didn't even take a bit apart his bed frame what yeah his bed still had like all the pillows and like shit on it and then he was like he didn't even take the dresser drawers out of his dresser you gotta do that we couldn't get him out oh we can't do that so (laughs) i was like i really can't help you with this like you're gonna have to get someone else yep did you guys move it all upstairs too already Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Okay, but good. I was just like, I showed up and I was like, classic fucking dude, doesn't have anything ready. Not a fucking thing. Yeah. But he didn't have too much shit, right? He texted me and I jumped, went straight over to dad's, got the truck, show mm-hmm. up, and he's like, it was a lazy day. <laughs> and you're like, like CJ! What the fuck? <laughs> <clears throat> Does he know you have a podcast? I don't know. I don't know. We don't <laughs> talk about it. That's okay. a no. I, I think he does. Yeah. He's been. That's okay. I don't judge you for not telling people. 
It's if it, none of my friends listen to podcasts, so I'm like not gonna fucking be like, you need to listen to it because I don't even listen to any. So no, you guys would know we were funnier if you did. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't got anything else. I don't think nope. Patreon should be out about Jody Aries. Ooh, yeah, I remember I, you were like mildly obsessed with that. That's what I mentioned in the episode a couple times. <laughs> but it's so long, I have to split it. It took us two nights to we record. Found out it. Danielle could do a video call with her. You can video chat with like Jody Aries. From prison. Yeah. That's odd. Do you want to? No. <laughs> but you can. So, yeah, it took two nights. There's a lot of audio clips from the trial. It was 50-some days of trial. I know. I feel like I remember being like, are you going to my high school graduation or do you have to watch as HSN? HLN, but yes. HLN. <laughs> no, yes. that was uh, Casey Anthony. Oh, that was Casey Anthony. okay. My bad. Yeah, that was good too, though. <laughs> I went to your graduation. I I'm played, just, I was kidding. I played I Monopoly even... on my phone the whole time. Dude, it, I... it was outside and it was hot. It was hot. It was stupid, honestly. It was truly no point. Mm-hmm. You wore your fake glasses so you look smarter. They're real prescription They're glasses. Barely. Okay, Daniel, you got anything else? Uh, I have a slight. Don't forget to spade and neuter your pets. Yeah, why? Because if you're not, they'll spay and neuter you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we can start. It's not real long. Still am. Daniel, did you ever look this up? Yes. He knows. He knows. Oh, my. It's one of these days I'm going to (laughs) know. And I don't know if there's any connection. I don't know if you ever did. The kid probably did pot. Didn't I don't know if he ever smoked shrooms, eat shrooms. Do you smoke them or eat them? Honestly, I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you. I'm sure you he smoked pot. Apparently, you can inject meth. Who knew? Yeah. You can do anything with meth. Cook with it. <laughs> Bake with it. I don't you know. You can soak it in a paper towel and put it in your butt. You can use it to salt your driveway in the snow. Oh, that'd be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think, I don't know if there's any other connection. I don't know. You get on with it. I'm going to lean back. Lean back. It was shocking. When 12-year-old Paul Henry Gingrich and his 15-year-old friend Colt Lundy were arrested in 2010 for the murder of 49-year-old Phil Danner. This sounds familiar. Colt's stepfather. Probably is. Gingrich. That's like a name. Mm-hmm. It is a name. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who it is? <clears throat> you might have heard it before. I don't know. No, Newt Gingrich. No. Yeah. Jeez. Who that? He was the... Uh, he was the... Speaker of the House. Oh. <laughs> that they don't speak. Okay. I mean, I think Clinton was president. Oh, wow. I know stuff. Just kidding. I really don't. Although he was three years older than his accomplice, Colt wasn't much taller and looked very innocent, too, with a face full of freckles and red hair. He was a daywalker. Uh-oh. Yep. That's where it all went wrong. But both boys were accused of firing two shots each into the body of Mr. Danner. One of their They seconds. take turns? Yeah. Did they do like boom, boom, one, two? All right, now it's your turn. Interchange. One other, one other. Um, Gross. So, yeah, these boys get arrested and they are tiny looking. I mean, he's 12 and 15, but the 15 year old just looks like a chubby 12 year old. And long hair, like the swooping beaver bangs, you know, shaggy. Beaver bangs? Yeah. I don't like beaver bangs. I prefer (laughs) a clean beaver. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, tiny kids and baggy sweatshirts. They're just so small. Oh, you meant Bieber. 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 Or maybe you might have said Bieber, Bieber. but I 100% heard 
Beaver. No, I said Beaver. Justin Beaver. What did you hear, Carla? <laughs> I heard Beaver. Okay, so Beaver. It's bangs. entirely possible you said Beaver. <laughs> I might have said. I that. heard Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> Justin Beaver. Yeah, that shaggy-haired kids with freckles, chubby, round kid faces. If if you see a picture, looking at me when you're saying those things, to look somewhere. He was a big Fallout Boy fan. (laughs) I like Fallout Boy. After the killing, Paul, Colt, and a third boy, Chase Williams, were anxious to head west to put some distance between themselves and Cromwell, a little town in northern Indiana between Fort Wayne and South Bend. What? How are they getting there? Their bicycles. I will get there. (laughs) But where's Cromwell from Indianapolis? Fuck if I know. Why don't we ask Carla? Oh, my God. We almost called you at like 11 the other night to ask how far Arizona was from Indianapolis. Uh, probably 1,800 miles. Mm. Oh, you do guesstimations of miles, don't you, for a living? Um, Cromwell, we're looking at southwest of Fort Wayne and or northwest of Fort Wayne, southeast of South Bend. So like two and a half hours? It's telling me two and a half, yeah. Okay. Okay. You'd get up. You'd still drive through Fort Wayne just to get there. Okay. They gathered a few things, including Phil's wallet, a handgun, and some marijuana a friend gave them and jumped into the victim's car. They headed west on a cross-country trip that ended when they were stopped by police officers in Peru, Illinois, about 200 miles from their home. Cross-country. Yeah, but not cross. They went up instead of (laughs) over. What? No. Yeah, Peru, Illinois, cross country. Did I mean, I guess it is a cross. Did you look it up? Where yeah. were they heading? I'm pretty sure they were over. Where were they going? No, they went the right way. Oh. It didn't make it as funny. Where were they going? Arizona. Yeah. It was They went the, oh. the correct direction. No, they wouldn't have gone south like for Arizona? I mean, you have to go this way to catch the highway that goes that way. There's a couple different ways you can get it. But. No, you, and, and you really, like, you start to think, like, once you go south and then you start looking at the map and you're like, okay, none of this Okay, okay, they need to catch a, the interstate. That makes sense. I'm less critical of their judgment. No, I'm not. Uh, they still killed someone, so. You know, someone you can go both said ways. something negative mm-hmm. to us about uh, the fact that you make you make fun of people, so I really think that even the people who did the murders you shouldn't make fun of them Mm-mm. you know even though they killed someone in cold blood yeah so they got stopped in peru illinois instead of just going directly south like i my thought would have been like get the fuck out of indiana by going as far south as possible that would have but... been the fastest route as i look at okay this. but yeah. so for whatever reason they still went directly over and ended up in peru i don't know if i've ever been to peru i have for what uh, that's where we got Abby. Oh, okay. Aw. Plus, you have to drive by there to get to Notre Dame. Oh, okay. And I think every- Peru? Yes. Illinois? Oh, Indiana. Yeah, no, not Peru, Illinois. About? Well, you're, I don't think I- Well, no shit, you've never been to Peru, Illinois. I, there might have been an incident in my life that There's I really was. Not, I think I've been me. to Champaign. <laughs> 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 you ever been to Butte, Montana? Not yet. No, but really? I've been to Helena. That, Helena, that surprises yeah. me. Let me Wait, think about actually, it. I have been through Butte, Montana. <laughs> See? I guess she's the more traveled one. Anyways. I was with any, mom. Anyways. I wasn't talking to you, Carla. So they're trying to get cross country, and they ended up in Peru, Illinois, 200 miles from home. 
Paul was believed to be the youngest person in Indiana ever sentenced as an adult. He's 12 years old. 12. Few could understand what would cause two people so young to commit such a heinous crime. Colt said later that he got along well enough with his stepfather when Phil was sober. But when he drank whiskey and lapsed into one of his tirades, Phil would then become verbally and physically abusive to him. Those episodes were nothing super serious, Colt says. Nothing that would leave a mark, nothing that would concern the police, but they made home a place Colt wanted to avoid where he didn't bring friends and that he wanted to escape from. And there has been a stepdad since he was four. So he's still a piece of shit, but he's all right. Yeah, like, and I don't, they haven't found anything yet that says like, okay, I could see why, like the Gypsy Rose thing. Like, I understand why you had your mom killed. Like, I get it. They haven't come up with a good reason. Eventually, all Colt could think about was escaping. With a small pack of boys from the Enchanted Hills neighborhood, which is adorable, Colt began (laughs) talking about California. For weeks, they talked about making the trip, about things they needed to take. Nobody gave much thought to where they'd live or what they'd eat. Maybe they'd get jobs. But nothing really mattered as much as just getting there. He going out California. Honestly, I I think a lot of people think like that. Yeah, that it's the land of like, I think he was like, it was warmer there. And I was like, yeah, but so is Florida. That's why CJ's moving in with me because his roommates, um, they're dating, but they're just going to California. They don't have anything set up. (laughs) It's expensive. It wasn't expensive to live there. Apparently that don't matter. In my mind, California just seemed carefree, he said. That was the place to go. That was the place to be. And he cultivated an image of somewhat unafraid to act who was almost grown up. He'd run away a couple times and he smoked some Pat. Pat. Who's Pat? (laughs) The problem was that Philip Danner, drunk or sober, wasn't about to let Colt drive away in his car. So I think that was just it. My stepdad's in the way because I need a vehicle and I'm too young to rent one. And I'm not going to steal one. You'll be too young for a while, kid. Yeah, I'm not going to steal one. I'm just going to kill my stepfather to get his car. Uh, When Cole had taken off on a bike before, he had gotten 10 miles or so down the road, but Phil had come after him and taken him home. It's been his stepdad since he was four. It's not like two years ago as a teen, almost teenager, you got a new stepdad and life sucks and you don't like him and your mom sides with him. He's been around for a long time. Yeah. And, And I think his dad wasn't always there. It doesn't, I mean, it sounds like he has had a shitty, like, I don't know. And they interview. Upbringing, but man, nothing like. No, I don't think, I think he wild. just felt like it was shittier than what it was. Maybe. If anything, I question more his mother than his stepdad. Like, what's your, where's your mom? They interview Philip Danner's family and they're like, he never drank. Which makes me think that's a bit extreme for one to say he was drunk a lot and the other to be like, he never drank. I'm sure he drank some and maybe the definition of alcoholic, but. You know, a lot of people drink. Maybe he didn't drink a whole lot, but he was still a dick anyway. Yeah. But they were saying they got along fine, that he did activities with them. They went dirt biking. They went fishing. Like, they did dad-son things that he called, you know, called him dad since he was four. And that they're, it was a blended family that, you know, Philip Danner's kids knew Cole as their stepbrother. It was just nothing that seemed where you could see, like, oh, shit's going to go downhill. Mm-hmm. While Robin Danner, Colt's mother, was currently away on vacation in Florida... Phil was squarely in the way of their plans. So mom is on vacation when he conveniently plans. Who'd have thought that the stepdad would not have been cool with them taking their car and just going to California? I don't know. And that's what the other part, they don't mention this as much. Like my parents would have totally been fine with that. Totally. Why didn't they just ask? It didn't even say if he had his driver. You'd only have your permit. It didn't even say if they had his driver's permit yet. I highly doubt it. Mm -hmm. But like, why is mom on vacation by herself? Or maybe she's not by herself. She could be visiting people. I don't know. 
But it, I just thought it was convenient that the murder was planned when your mom was out of town. So that's like really premeditated. Yeah. Ooh. Or does it does it count from the fact that uh, she that's when they were leaving? They were waiting for her to be gone. Yeah. Maybe they honestly thought he'd go along with it. About letting him take his car? Yeah, like, okay, here you go. Okay, here's my keys. Okay, here, kids. See you never. Colt's memory is vague of how the idea came up. One of the boys said it was Colt's idea. It was probably Colt's idea. (laughs) But he says the conversations took a dangerous turn in the final hour. To break free, they'd have to kill Phil. No. (laughs) Finding the means was easy. The home Colt shared with his mother and stepfather had guns stashed all over the place. There was a Glock in a dresser and another in a computer room. There was a pistol in a drawer and another under a bed. There was a shotgun in a closet and a rifle under another bed. None of which were locked up, all which had ammo accessible. I'm just saying, if you so got a dumb... So really, we should blame the victim here. No, I'm just saying that's not right. I just that's think if you too... got like a dumb 12-year-old, you yeah. probably should lock them up. You just but... should. I mean, just, just lock up your guns. Especially, I mean, it, kids are so dumb. They're so I, I dumb. I know, yeah. I mean, adults are dumb. Kids are extra dumb. They really are. So you have. To- I don't plan on her. Well, I mean, I guess at some point she might know. I don't know. Like, you just have to keep it away. That's too many guns to even keep track of locked up. Well, yeah, you yeah. got to like have brother I mean, right safe. now, there's no way in hell she'd ever get to where I've got them hidden. Yeah, but your brother has a safe for all of his guns. Like, he wouldn't just leave them hanging no. around the house. Uh, Tyler? I mean, you could like <laughs> yeah. a bunch yeah. of them. You could like to have a bunch, but you better put them somewhere. Or keep the ammo away. Like, if nothing else, don't put the ammo near them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he'd have to go to the trouble of buying ammo, I guess. But um, on the night of April 20th, 2010, he selected two, a silver revolver and a black Glock, and went into his bedroom. The other boys who stayed outside were less sure of the plan. So I think the few boys, they can see the park from his bedroom window. So he went into the house, got the guns, and took them into his bedroom and like signals to the kids sitting on the seesaw. With the flashlight. (laughs) Yeah. One of them wanted no part of the plot and held back. Another, Chase, considered going in the house, but stopped just short. But a fourth, 12-year-old Paul Gingrich, climbed through Colt's window. Fucking 12. Mm -hmm, With a boost from one of the others, Colt took out a handgun, put a round in the chamber, and handed it to Paul. They went into the living room. Colt took a seat in the recliner and Paul took one on the couch. So this is like really lying in wait is the other thing that you're doing now. It's not breaking an entry, but you're definitely lying in wait, premeditated murder. You you plan this out a little bit. And it said they talked about like, oh, maybe we shouldn't go through with it or but because he's in the house and they're just waiting for him to walk into the living room. At first, they debated about whether they should go through with it, but as Phil, who was in another part of the house, got up and walked into the living room, he suddenly saw the two boys with guns pointed at him. All he had time to say was, What What? the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, why? What the fuck? According to Colt's description in court records. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah, that's all you go, the fuck? (laughs) Like, because it would scare you. I mean, that's scary. That's all he had time to say before each boy fired two bullets into his body, killing Phil instantly. We got inside that we went to the living room and me and Paul were sitting there. They are waiting with the guns ready to shoot when Phil come around the corner. I think they caught him so off guard that he didn't have any idea what was about to happen to him. I just thought that we shouldn't, you know, I should get up and it's not too late, but then I heard him walking and that's the point where I was like, oh, it's happening right now. Like there's no 
coming back. Danner walked through the kitchen doorway. And that's when there was no, no turning back. When Phil walked through the door, I shot, Paul shot, I shot, Paul shot. We both shot twice. And that's the end of it. Chase said he heard four loud bangs, and then Colton Paul came running out of the house. Mr. Danner was hit four times, once in the eye, once in the wrist, and twice in the chest. At least two of the shots could have killed him, which one did and would, from which gun was never determined. But Phil Danner dropped dead where he stood. So what, what kind of guns did they use? A revolver and a Glock. Okay. And they're not too far away, because it's probably a smaller house. And, like... Living room to kitchen distance. It's did it not. say what caliber? I don't think it did. Just, int- I don't know. But Just- apparently Colt was a very good shot. And at one point his dad was, his biological dad talked about entering him in shooting contests, which are kind of interesting to watch. People doing marksmanship and speed and stuff. He was like, I'm going to hit you no matter what. Yep. So they were like, the family, when they realized what was going on, they're like, oh, Colt did this. A, he hates his stepfather and B, he's a really good shot. So that you shot someone. Wow, in the you'd eye. really think you'd like put some of them away. Mm-mm. My gosh, maybe they thought maybe they trusted him because he was good with them. Yeah, like oh, that's the other. Yeah, it's like you have so much experience that you know you know how you're supposed to handle guns and how you're not supposed to and what you're supposed to safety gun safety. He probably did have that. Yeah. But well, I don't know. It's all safe and well and good until you decide you want to shoot. You want to kill someone? Yeah. <laughs> Colt then called out to Chase, who had waited outside, saying, Dude, you gotta see this! In reference to the murder he had just committed. And Chase explained it as, Dude, you gotta see this. That's what they told him. Chase went in the house, and that's when they saw Philip laying on the floor, and there was blood everywhere. The fatal shots came, one from each gun. Colton was at the house for several hours after this had happened. To be alone in a house for hours with a dead body. I mean, just that aspect of it. Um, What did he do all that time? And where this took place in the house, he had to have walked around him, over him, just... (sighs) It's just little details like that that just drive you crazy. Now their last obstacle had been removed. Colt packed a survival <laughs> Colt packed a survival bag with a gun and some ammo, a jar of change, a magnesium bar, and Phil's wallet. I don't know what the magnesium bar is. Is that like um granola like, bar? I don't know why they said magnesium. I didn't write that. Was well, it like what, like a fucking energy bar? Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> But before they could leave, Paul had to go home for supper. So you have to maintain the appearance that everything's fine. You can't just disappear right away. Um, So Colt hung out with a friend who gave him some pot for the road. Okay, so this is... So Paul's going to go home, and Colt and Chase probably are staying in the house with the body for hours. (gasps) And they're like, it's not a big house. Like, you have to walk through the living room, similar to, like, probably what ours is. Like, you, there's no way that you're not seeing this body that's, like, (laughs) bleeding all over the place. So hanging out with a dead body is a weird thing to me. But they had to wait until Paul went to bed and then he snuck out of his room. And the thing is, though, his sister knew he snuck out, I think, but she's like, I'm not going to rat on him. But by that point, he already killed the guy. You know, it was middle of the, it was probably in the evening that they killed him. They didn't even do it in the middle of the night mm-hmm. because mom was out of town. Mm. 
Chase, who had boosted Paul into the house, came back for the road trip. Colt got behind the wheel of Phil's Dodge Neon, and they went to pick up Paul. All this for a Dodge Neon. (laughs) Well, they had no chance to even make it to California. (laughs) They should have bought bus tickets. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, why the fuck did they just buy a bus ticket? Because apparently, I don't know. Well, I guess you're a little bit older than 12. (laughs) You thought this through a bit. Uh, as they looked westward, Colt realized that too, that he had told too many friends about California. He envisioned a roadblock at the state line. He adjusted the GPS device in the car and set it for Arizona. At least it was still far away. By way of Peru. He thought he couldn't get into California? Uh, yeah, like or that they would <laughs> anticipate, like, we're going to meet you here. That's not how, like, the police work. We're not no. going to just wait for you to get where you're going. <laughs> as they drove deeper into the night, the road began to lull Colt to sleep. A couple of times as he drove down the highway, he was rattled awake by the car's tires rolling over the rumble strip. They stopped at a Walmart for some energy drinks and to find one of those machines that converts coins into paper currency. A goddamn coin star. Yep. <laughs> and at one point he goes, we had money. We had coins, but we wanted money. And it's like, that is money. That is money. Did you know? They dumped in the jar, the change jar, and they now had $90 in cash. The money was supposed to go towards gas and for them to get across country, but they couldn't resist wandering around the store, you know, browsing or shopping. (laughs) But it's like three in the morning. That's the problem. So all the regular adults, I'm not going to say regular adults at Walmart, whatever type of people are at Walmart at three in the morning, notice that these three young looking kids should not be out by themselves, even in a Walmart. Um, Where's your mom, kid? Where's your mom? Um, So they call the police. Because the kids weren't doing anything wrong, but they're still like, something's not right, which is what you're supposed to do. Congratulations. Uh, but the boys had aroused the security, the curiosity of some police officers hovering outside. Why there, Why were there three boys out after midnight? The officers had asked some questions and the boys had no good answers. So they hadn't thought up lies because they're not smart enough. They're not old enough to know that I have to have like an alibi story of where right. like my mom's addicted to meth and went out downtown to get some and hasn't come back yet. But she told me I could go to Walmart and get an energy. Like, you just don't have a story because right, right. you're, you're 12 and 15. That was pretty good what you came up with. <laughs> you might still end up in protective custody, though, yeah. early. <laughs> okay, so the police searched their car. They found the gun and the marijuana. Just like that, their great Western excursion <laughs> and their search for wide open spaces was over in Peru, Illinois. How how far did that even get? Two hundred miles. (laughs) That's funny. Employee at Walmart told us that there were three young boys wandering the store with a giant jar of change. We had coins. We needed. We wanted cash. So that's what aroused suspicion about you know kids going into a Walmart by themselves. Once I get to Walmart, I learned that Colt, Chase, and Paul had taken Colt's stepfather, Philip Danner's vehicle, and drove from Cromwell, Indiana, which is about 210 miles. I just knew I had three options, kill myself, turn myself in, or run. So I just figured run. They searched us, and they put us in the cop car. I stayed at Walmart. We opened the car door and we found a gun. 
the 38 Special Silver Revolver. Um, there were two spent rounds in it. It was about the same time when Officer Biagioni called me, he told me that Chase had told him that the gun that's in the car was used to kill Philip, and that Colt and Paul had just killed Philip and they were running away. I never would have thought I was sitting across from somebody who just murdered someone, ever. Colt was the dominant one of the group. Uh, Chase and Paul just kind of stood by and went along with whatever Colt said. I remember just not really knowing what was to come. You know, I didn't know what they were going to do. He asked me several times if I found Philip, and he asked me if he was okay, and all I told him was, I think you know the answer to that. And he put his head down and said, yeah, I do. While in custody, sheriff's deputies contacted the parents of Paul, who had separated, his parents were separated, to get permission to interview their son. Seeing that Paul told them he had only ever handled the gun, his parents disregarded the advice of an attorney to wait and allowed police to interrogate their son without them present, thinking they were simply cooperating with the investigation. Paul admitted to shooting Phil Danner. So this is what ruined the whole, like, <laughs> well, we were watching The Little Mermaid, and she's signing the thing with the sea witch, and I looked at our daughter, and I was like, parent or attorney? And she goes, parent or attorney? <laughs> so Don't be yeah. signing nothing, and don't be talking nothing. Nothing, nothing. Don't sign anything. Don't, I don't see nothing, I say nothing, I know nothing. So, yeah, because his parents, and they're interviewed in this documentary that was well done that they were like we thought we were just doing what was right because he said he only handed the handled it like so that's why his fingerprints were on it so when he said that to us we we're like well it shouldn't matter then if he's not under arrest they're not pressing charges against him it shouldn't matter that the attorney or i aren't there because he's just going to tell the truth and the truth is he only handled the gun and it's yeah. like so i could see the parents but the fact that even an attorney told them don't do that they people don't want to look suspicious by not cooperating with police because they right. think it makes them look guilty. But it's like, no, it makes you guilty by talking exactly. without an attorney. Yeah. So I think the way all of this plays out would have been different if they had said, I can't talk to you without my parent or attorney present. And no matter what you say, I still cannot talk to you without my parent or attorney present. But it's good advice for everyone. But if you're 12 years That's old. That's what I still say. <laughs> if you're 12 and a, your parent is, tells the police, yeah, go ahead and talk to him, then you would. You would as a 12-year-old. You'd go, okay, my mom said I should talk to you. Yep. And But they didn't tell him you should lie very well because he doesn't know. <laughs> he's like, you know. Yeah, they don't know what happened. On April 29th, 2010, Kosciuszko County Superior Court Judge Dwayne Huffer moved Paul's case into adult criminal court at the request of prosecutors. It's like just a couple days. They move it from what could be juvie court. The next day, he was charged with murder. He got moved into adult court like right away. So the prosecution said, Judge, yeah. he's 12, but he is an adult because we say so, even though legally you have to be 18 to buy cigarettes or to vote or lottery tickets. Well, but especially because he volunteered. I mean, he didn't have to go. To confess? No, to do this. No. Like, he had ample was, opportunity to say, He's just a you follower. Know? 
It's just if they, as some people say that Colt threatened him, said like, you better do this or else. But he was like, nah, I did not. I didn't hear any of that. It was like Scott Farkas and the little kid that follows him around in the Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> the That's what it was. Was he Toadie or something? Like, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So he's just, he's just following him around. I think he wanted to appear cool or not weak or to be one of the guys and the kids old. Your 12 year olds shouldn't hang out with 15 year olds and, you know, just hang out with your own. Cause that's a big age gap. If you think about it, yeah. And like development wise, both boys took a plea deal agreeing to plead guilty to the lesser charge of conspiracy to commit murder, and both were sentenced to serve 25 years in prison plus five years of probation. All they got charged with was conspiracy to commit murder. It's the lesser charge. It almost seems more like a manslaughter charge, but it's still 25 but like, years. But like when you you ki- you kill someone. <sighs> But all you're being charged with is the act of thinking about it <laughs> and planning. I don't know why. Yeah. It you're was... being charged with the planning phase, not the mm-hmm. actual. 25 years is pretty Maybe steep. they admired how well they carried it out. <laughs> so they're like, we're just going to charge you with well, that's planning. The, okay. So they, that's the plea they offered. They could have said, and they got one day to decide if they were taking that plea or not. And then otherwise they're going to take the deal off the table and we'll seek, you know, first degree premeditated murder and you can end up with 65 to life. They had no idea what the repercussions would be if they got caught. I believe they never thought that they were going to get caught. I feel like they knew what they were doing was wrong, but I don't think that their minds were even developed enough to know we're going to kill him and then we're going to go to jail for the rest of our lives. A 15-year-old and 12-year-old were charged last week in the shooting death of a man in Cromwell. Now the high school freshman and the sixth grader will face those murder charges in adult court. Half the time, I can't make that decision for him. You know what I mean? I, I can't risk that for him. It's to, it'd be totally different if you were doing it for yourself. You know what I mean? But how am I going to look into my son's eyes if we lose? That's what I was thinking. It was happening quickly. We didn't have that much time. We were being very pressured by the prosecuting attorneys um, to make a decision. Uh, In fact, they told us if we didn't make a decision within a day that they were just going to drop the plea agreement altogether. So it was very, very difficult. It's absolutely ridiculous that people think that Paul was competent enough to be tried as an adult. It's just, it's stupid. A 15-year-old shouldn't even be tried as an adult. I felt like I couldn't help my son the way I wanted to. Paul and I made that decision for Paul Henry. Paul Henry didn't make that decision. He was going along with what his parents thought was best. So that's what the, you know, that's the deal I gave you was 25 years mm-hmm. instead of you could go to trial and risk 65 years if a jury convicts you. And But the thing is, they both got the same deal as if they committed the same crime equally. The 12-year-old really shouldn't have been like, it's just so. How can they really make the decisions for themselves? Yeah, it's like it wasn't his stepfather. It wasn't his house or his guns. He was just following this other kid. It was like, let's go do this so that we can go and have fun. Like, I think he probably would have been okay with the idea of running away because it sounds romantic and we're going to escape and go do fun guy things. Yeah, nothing more romantic than running away with another man. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Although I guess if 
I guess if he was gay, then maybe it was. But 25 years is pretty steep. And Chase Williams served six months in juvie for being just around the scene and being with them in the car. Wow. If I was his mother, I'd be fucking pissed. Like, then we'll go through all that, like... Boy, didn't your mama teach you better? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. While the murder of Phil Danner was shocking for its brutality and callousness, some in the U.S. and abroad thought the sentencing was too severe, especially given the age of the defendant. And an amicus curiae, Latin for friend of the court, do you like this, that Harry Potter? Does this spell amicus curiae? It's like an impartial brief, like someone who has nothing to gain by, you know, so it's just a friend of the court. In November of 2011, the Children's Law Center, the National Juvenile Defender Center, and the Campaign for Youth Justice argued against the dire consequences of prosecuting youth in the adult justice system. He got sentenced as an adult. But it's not like he had to go to adult jail. He, well, okay, mm-hmm. you do eventually, but it's not like when you're 12 years old, they're going to say, "All right, you're going to prison with the other men." They do, really. What? But I'll don't. I'll get there. It's yeah. So that's why this is so scary. But they looked. <laughs> they, Paul Gingrich was so small that correctional officers took one look at him and assigned him to prison for juveniles. He literally will just someone will accidentally step on him yep. and he will break in half. So it was no summer camp, but it had schools and counts. It had school and counselors and a chance at a diploma. It even had monthly birthday were, parties. I can't believe they were going to send a twelve-year-old to prison with other. That they, I mean, it's segregated to an extent. To but an yeah. extent, but to have him in with. But the fifteen-year-old is not so lucky. This is the twelve-year-old. So he went to Pendleton Juvenile Correctional Facility, which you can throw a rock and hit Jill's house from there. <laughs> To serve a sentence, even with credits for good behavior, the sentence would have kept Paul locked up until his mid-20s, with some of that time likely spent in adult prison. So as soon as you turn 18, you're going to go from this juvie facility to a regular prison. Soon after entering prison, Indianapolis attorney Monica Foster began an appeal for Paul on a pro bono basis, uh, meaning she worked for free. Pro boner. <laughs> One such approach being that Paul was too young and to understand and assist in his own defense. So he's like, you can't help defend yourself because you're too young and you're too dumb. You're just dumb by default. Mm-hmm. You're naive, immature. I think people think that about me sometimes. You're too dumb. It's you're not- just too dumb by default. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's not your fault that you were 12. I mean, I don't know. That's true. However, Indiana is a harsh state operating under the theory adult crime equals adult time. And that rhymes. (laughs) We like it even more because it rhymes. He who smelt it, dealt it. (laughs) He who done the rhyme, or he who made the rhyme, done Done the the crime. crime. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, it's he who denied it, supplied it. Then it's he who, yeah. Yeah, thank you. No cuts, no butts, no No coconuts. I do believe in the fairness of, of the justice system. I've worked in this system my entire life. Uh, and the idea of treating a 12-year-old boy as an adult just seemed so outside the norm and so anathema to any civilized system of justice that I was immediately interested in the case and, and helping this, this young man. Monica Foster, she's my uh, appeals lawyer. Like, whenever there's, like, something happens with my case, she, she usually comes down and talks with me and explains it. Do you remember that they said that you waived your direct appeal in your plea agreement? Okay. You didn't really understand your plea agreement, did you? No. 
what your situation was is that because you were so young, you really didn't understand everything that was happening. So you weren't really able to help your lawyers in the way that we expect an adult person, a fully functioning person, would be able to help their lawyer. You just look at this kid and you go, really? There's no hope for that child? We can't reform that child in the juvenile justice system? Um, it just seemed like utter madness to me. This is not a kid that, given his own devices, would have gone out and killed somebody. But, you know, you put an undeveloped uh, 12-year-old brain together with, you know, easy access to guns and an older friend that wants to kill his stepfather, and, you know, you have a recipe for disaster. Well, Colt Lundy was sent to Wabash Valley Correctional Facility at fucking 15 years old. He's a chubby little redheaded 15-year-old. That, I mean, he's small, hundreds of miles away from Cromwell. So it's in southern Indiana, south. I, th- I always thought they, before you were 18. Mm-mm. So a part of the wing, it's home to 2,000 of the worst criminal criminals in the state. And so there's a wing of that that has about 50 or 60 kids under the age of 18 in Wabash. They are segregated into their unit. And when you turn 18, they kick you over into Gen Pop. Colt is serving his time in the juvenile wing of a maximum security adult prison and living in close proximity to hardened criminals. It's a world away from the experience that Paul is having in a juvenile facility. I don't even think the majority of the public even knows that kids are being sent to an adult prison. There is no good outcome that will come from from doing that. I was employed to defend Colt. At the meeting with Colt, my first reaction was how young Colt appeared. He was prepubescent, still at the puppy stage, uh, had just turned 15 years of age. And the first thing I said to him was, are you crazy? And he leaned back and said, no. And I said, are you doing drugs? And he said, no. And I said, what in the world happened in that house? I had two questions. Is this person sane and rational? Are we, is there something on his uh, scale, the axes they look at, that, that I can hook my defensive hat on to say, not responsible here? And the answer there was no. The second question that I had was, okay, is this person missing a conscience? what we call a psychopath, and the answer was no. I said to him, Cold, I don't believe that a jury is going to excuse you from this conduct, but I think a judge is going to mitigate a sentence from what happened here, and and that's what happened in his sentence. I think part of the reason why I got what I got was because of my, me being straightforward. And just, you know, telling them, you know, I did it, you know, and stuff like that. Instead of trying to fight it and try to be sneaky and lie and all that. To the Danner family, you know, I, you know I'm very sorry. And, uh, you know, I hope they believe me. Kids my age, you know, anybody really, just don't come to prison. It's not a good place to be. 
It's not fun. It's not nothing. There's nothing here for you but trouble. So you're just like... Oh. So okay, you, but okay. what I'm talking about is oh. they don't have a 15-year-old rooming with some 54-year-old. No. When you're 18, you could be, though. I don't know how they figure it out. At least they don't keep them with the child molesters. I don't... I mean. Oh, my God. You know, they probably... some. Uh. But yeah, so... Ew. During... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but as soon as you turn 18, it's happy birthday, go in with the big boys. Good luck. On most days, he rises early and bathes in the showers that are most notable for lack of privacy. Only a swinging door hides the bare essentials. They're built this way for the same reason flyers are posted throughout the prison. Proclaiming sexual assault is an act of violence. Oh, shit. I was like, I feel like you shouldn't have to put that up. <laughs> yeah. Lost privacy is an inescapable part of life. He and his cellmate hang up a sheet when one of them needs to use the shared toilet. But it's not much help. And I think no. your sink is on top, is like attached to your toilet too. Like the cells are so tiny. It, I mean, you're just living on top of someone. But at least they're smaller. Before he can see his father, Carlos Lundy, Colt must submit to a strip search, and which includes a cavity check. Yes. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> Wrong kind of cavity. <laughs> His father knows something had to be very wrong for Colt to do this, but so far, Colt has never said what that something else might be. Carlos wasn't in his son's life from the ages of 7 to 12 because his mother told him that his father didn't love him and didn't want to see him. So That's there's something nice. wrong with Colt's mom. So, you she know. He was still shitty with his dad for something. Yeah. But his dad was the one who named him after the gun company, Colt Firearms. <laughs> that's so stupid but he taught him and he uh, said he looks like dad he's got this like long white hair backwoodsman type lives in a i want to say trailer but not like the white trash in next to us like a living off the land trailer he's living off the land and so he taught colt how to shoot and he doesn't regret that or anything and i was like i mean you don't have to be it's, a great it's actually called Colt's Manufacturing Company. Colt's Fire. Well, that was his middle name. Well, I know, but you, you know, I'm just saying. Thank you. At least get the name right. Right. But it's a gun, too. Right. There is a Colt, right? Is it a Colt 45? And two zigzags. And baby, that's Colt. all I need. <laughs> Colt was the one that originally made the 45 caliber weapon. Okay. So it's just referred to as a Colt 45. Okay, that's what I couldn't you figure that out, and I didn't have time the to search round, it. The round, if you have a 45 round, it says 45 ACP, mm -hmm. and that stands for 45 uh, automatic Colt pistol. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's not a bad name, really. It's just ironic that... I mean, no, it's not a bad name at all. It, it just... Then he shot someone. But he, did, he said he didn't <laughs> regret <laughs> teaching him. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, despite everything, prison officials say Lundy is a model offender... He's caused no trouble. He's earned his GED. He's taking some college correspondence courses. He reads about Eastern philosophy. He eats vegan and he writes poetry. So he's just making the best of it. Yeah. I also saw something. <laughs> Eating vegan <laughs> I don't, in a I don't prison. know if I believe that. I was like, you know. No, I bet so. I bet they say I'm on a vegan diet and they have to provide it. Yeah. Because there's video though. Is ramen noodle vegan? So maybe this video is a when after or was before he became vegan because you use ramen noodle as a base for like everything in prison because it becomes a soup or a crust depending mm -hmm. on how you cook it. So there was a school in Norway that part of before you can graduate Norwegian high school, you have to learn to speak English also. Weird that you would have to speak two languages to better yourself and not just fake it. See, 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 I can fake it, see. 
And so the teacher had them doing core instead of just copying out of like a writing textbook or a workbook, how, you know, boring way to learn things. She had all her students write letters back and forth with Colt after seeing him on the news because this gained national attention, this mm-hmm. case, the two boys. So they're writing to an inmate and she's like, and they wanted to do it because it's, I was like, because it's a little weird. That's why the kids wanted to do it. Yeah. So he would send them the prison recipes that he he came up with and then they would recreate them in the school cafeteria. They're having fun. And he would ask them like what kind of clothes they wear and stuff because he's a teenager and he doesn't get to see, oh, okay. you know, so he's like, what's it like being a teenager, a regular teenager? Mm-hmm. So, and that st- teacher even came twice to visit him in the States. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And and he, the kids are riding to a convicted murderer, but he's not, re- I mean, he's a kid that, I don't know. No one else seems to think so. No, no. Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout. Yeah. <laughs> That's Norway, isn't it? Or some... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they stole they stole the Norwegian ride. Mm-hmm. Say Nor- Norwegian ride. Norwegian nope. ride. Ten times fast. The Norway ride. Yeah, that's better. The stakes are that we prevail in the Court of Appeals and that we go back. And that when we go back, he ends up back in adult court staring down the barrel of a 65-year sentence. Do you think his parents understand that risk? Well, I've talked to them about it, so I hope that they understand it. You know, you really can't appreciate just really how horrific the adult prison system is unless you've been there. And for the last 30 years, I've been in and out of the adult prison system in the state of Indiana, and I wouldn't let my dog go there for a week, much less a 12-year-old kid. Sanchez. The law says that when someone over the age of 10 commits murder, the court should presume that the juvenile system is inadequate to the task and waive them to adult court. And that's what is, in fact, happened in this case. This young man was forced to go to the waiver hearing seven days after the probable cause determination. How can that possibly be consistent with due process? Well, Your Honor, he received the opportunity to present evidence that he did present evidence of that hearing. How can you get ready for a hearing? I mean, what did he present? Defendant, his two attorneys, and both of his parents got together with the prosecutor in this case, and they all agreed to a just resolution. That was after they were in adult court. Yes, sir. Paul Henry Gingrich's lawyers had five business days to prepare for the juvenile waiver hearing in this case. I mean, I don't understand what the rush to judgment was. I, I think that this case was mistake-ridden from the moment it hit the juvenile court, frankly. Um, I don't understand why you would only give a, a 12-year-old. I mean, we, we believe that he's the youngest child ever waived to adult court in Indiana. Why would you only give one week? I mean, that's the first mistake. There is no reason to believe that he was not competent um, in the juvenile waiver proceedings. There was certainly nothing before the juvenile court to suggest that he wasn't competent at that time. This kid has a lot to lose if if she doesn't win her case. There's a concern that you might win the battle and lose the war. Your Honor, I trust, um, I've been at this for 30 years. 
I trust this court and I trust the justice system that when people get a due process opportunity to present a fair case on behalf of a kid who's 12 years old in particular, but anyone for that matter, that the justice system does the right thing. So you're secure enough in your position that this child would stay in a juvenile court? I am absolutely secure Because you know that position. you risk the refiling of the murder charge. I know that I risk, risk that. And I also know what the evidence would look like at a fair juvenile waiver hearing. And I am very confident that we would prevail at that. The Indiana Court of Appeals ordered a new trial for Paul. The appeals court re- uh, reversed his 2010 conviction after determining that the Kosciuszko County Court had erred by not giving his attorney enough time to make the case that should have been tried as a juvenile. So they got five business days to put together as to why this court should this trial should stay in the juvenile court system. So you get assigned an attorney, like criminal, not his fancy new one, just an attorney, public defender. I don't know if that takes two days to get one or what, or a day. And then that person has five business days to collect all your information to appeal to a judge as to why you should keep this in juvie. That's my thing, is their reason for appeal is like he's 12 and couldn't help in his own defense. It usually takes months before they decide to send a juvenile to adult court system. This they gave them five days. Like, what was the rush? Uh, you know, so they, they were had, like, we don't care. You got what you got, and we want we we don't care. They're like five whole days. This offender's age at the time of the crime prompted a necessary discussion about the, the rights of the accused, but no one should lose sight of the fact that there is still a deceased victim and the rights of the crime victims also should be respected and protected, the attorney general said in a statement to the Indy Star, which is where I got a lot of this. Hmm. Word for word. Shush. Wee for wee. Foster said at the time that Paul's nearly three years of good conduct showed he could be rehabilitated. He also planned to introduce, she also planned to introduce expert testimony on brain development to show that children as young as 12 were unable to judge the consequences of their actions. His case inspired child advocates and juvenile justice activists to lobby for change in Indiana's juvenile sentencing guidelines. Their efforts resulted in a new, in a new law dubbed Paul's Law, passed in 2013, that gave Indiana courts greater flexibility in deciding juvenile sentences. So they actually had to enact a law to help him in this case. There was nothing that preceded him that was like, you know, you can use this law because this is how he was the first one. In a deal struck with the prosecutor in December of 2013, Paul again pleaded guilty, this time at age 15. The difference, Judge James Heuer, applied the new sentencing rules, agreeing to monitor Paul's progress towards rehabilitation in a, in a juvenile prison until his release several years later. So it was just like, he pled guilty again, but the judge has more deciding power as to when you get out based on how you're doing in prison. And he could bring you back in at any time if you start to act like an idiot. You know, the thing is, though, the sad thing is, though, there's a lot of how many people come out of prison and it's like, my car broke down in my driveway while I'm trying to leave for my first day of work, and now I have to go back to prison. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah. Like, there's not as many safety nets when you're on yeah. parole or probation. I and... didn't realize that I couldn't go near the children's playground inside the McDonald's. Inside. I thought it was only outside. How was I supposed <laughs> to know? I was just going through the drive through. Yeah. Um, Paul was released from Pendleton Prison in March of 2017 after nearly seven years behind bars. He was 19 at the time of his release and is now 21. Damn. Yeah. But he wasn't 37. No. 
After his release, Paul began living with his mother, Nicole, in Fort Wayne, but he had to undergo 24-hour electronic monitoring with an ankle bracelet until July 2018, as well as close supervision by the court. He also took a job in a manufacturing facility. So I think he is doing everything he's supposed to be doing. And he did in juvie. He like took the kids were afraid of him because he was there for killing a grown man at like point blank range with a gun. Mm -hmm. So but he kept to himself. He was really private. He like just did all his homework he was supposed to do. Didn't fight anyone. Really working hard on doing everything he's supposed to do and really trying to move forward. His mother told the Indy Star, the court supervision of Paul will continue until February 2020 at which time he will begin 10 years of probation. Foster has long said that Paul was a good prospect for rehabilitation. I've known him for the last two and a half years, and I am willing to bet the mortgage on Paul, Foster said. He's a good kid who did a very bad thing. In October 2018, Kosciuszko County Judge David Cates heard a request for a sentence modification from 23-year-old Colt Lundy. Colt had requested to serve the rest of his term on home detention, saying he had served his prison time so far without incident and had taken advantage of programs offered him, including obtaining a higher education degree. It was the second time he had done so. An earlier request for resentencing reduction in 2016 had been rejected. But this time was different. This time! Colt will be allowed to finish his sentence out of a prison starting March 15, 2019. So this is really recent. He will then be put on probation... Kosciuszko County Prosecutor Daniel Hampton said after Paul was resentenced in 2013 that the new law applies very well in this case and allows for flexibility that a prior judge didn't have when they were first sentenced. His initial release date was in September 2035. Holy. Yeah, but he would have been like in his late 20s. So it kind of all has a happy ending because they all or they're both out now because they're rehabilitatable. But the longer you leave them in the system like that, the less they're going to try. And yeah. they just become another inmate. Yeah. And it is scary to watch the size of them compared to all the other inmates. And I think Colt had to do a lot of lifting weights, working out to be able to be ready to move into the yeah. adult facility to be able to protect himself. Yeah. Indiana's great fun. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that. What is the other one? It was Paula Cooper. She was 16 and stabbed that old woman. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that was really angry. But again, that woman hadn't done anything to her. Like there was nothing. It was just for to steal her car and what, $10? God, kids, you don't even know how much Mm -hmm. upkeep they are once you get them. No, there's so much (laughs) upkeep and they're expensive. So yeah, like she stole that car. It was her and four other girls that stabbed that woman. We did, I don't know what episode we did on her, but there was, and she got... 65 years or something ridiculous as a 16 year old. I remember that and people weren't happy. About no, it. all over the world, people didn't like it. Yeah. They were like, she's too young to get that much time. And Indiana's like, shut up. We're doing what we want. Shut up. So, and I think she did eventually, she was an adult though by the time she got out. And then she, I think she died. I don't know if she killed herself or something. I think she out. did. Yeah, two years out. Cause you get so used to living life behind bars. Like, yeah. I think still young as 10, you can be processed as an adult, which doesn't make any sense to me. But now with Paul's law, they have more flexibility. Yeah. The judges has more discretion. A 10-year-old, it's really hard, I feel like, to expect a 10-year-old to understand. Like, But what is the proper punishment for what he did? I don't know. I don't don't want to be the decider of that, but I do know. I would think think at the bare minimum, you're at least in there till you're 18. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they both were then. They both were. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, like with Gypsy Rose, then she's getting ten years. 
right? She'll have to serve mm-hmm. 10 per- years. Yeah, she'll have to. She's not going to get out. It's like... Because I think she got... Did she get 15 years and they said she'd have to serve 80%? 80%. Or did she get 10 years and she'll have to serve 80%? Maybe that. That's right. She'll have to serve eight years. Yeah. So she'll do eight years. And that's... Oh, man, I don't... And she has a, the biggest mitigating factor. There, yeah, you know? I feel like... Like, I know the two aren't the same. It's just Well, I mean, she got treated differently, though, because she was an adult. But she didn't realize she was an adult until the last yeah. couple years of that. So yeah. yeah, so it's like she was abused. And but and they weren't, I don't know. Everyone has crummy home life to an extent. Like, there's always something that is not ideal, no and matter who you, you are. it affects you, and it shapes yeah. the way we are. But the fact that you can adapt and to... learn and grow from it makes you a better, well-rounded human. But some people can't Mm-mm. do that so they both seem very articulate and uh, like it's just kids are really dumb that's why i'm like it's too much to expect a 10 year old to fully understand mm-hmm. the consequences of all their actions yeah even the 15 year old like he and they people try to say he bullied them into like helping him but i don't think they did i think he that yeah. paul's parents felt really bad that they had to decide that you know that they told him to talk to the police and that they didn't get their attorney in there. And then his dad was like, I can't decide for him if he wants to take this deal or risk 65 years. How do I decide that for him? That's his life. Literally, as you a know, parent, though, that's what you have it's to terrifying. do. It was, yeah, the look on his dad's face was like, how did I tell my 12-year-old that you have to decide between 25 years and the risk of 65? He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell him what to do. And the mom was like, I decided. You, you know, because mm-hmm. so I was like, he's going to do whatever one of your parents say yeah so i think his mom was like to do but this is nuts it's just nuts it's knocking futs but they're out now hopefully they don't fuck up and go back because you don't want to go to prison even prison in california you still don't even want to go there you don't want to go (laughs) that's what i've been told but you know might as well just find out for yourself well if you take pot or mm, let's say psychedelic shrooms from strangers and you get busted that's a good way to end up it wasn't me <laughs> oh, okay. i was just there <laughs> that's what that chase kid said you, you still got six you months you wouldn't go to prison for that no no, no. <laughs> okay i think that's all i got i don't know when this episode comes out because because fuck y'all ones. motherfuckers okay that too <laughs> you got anything nope tell them where to find us instagram twitter at who's your homicide facebook just type it in and instagram i already said that <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes. That has to Patreon. be all of them. We have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. The Jody Give us your money. is going to be insane. Do you know where she puts a Tootsie Roll? Her butt hole. Uh, she might have actually put it there too. Her butt hole. They ask her about where the fuck she put this Tootsie Roll. <laughs> what even? Uh, maybe I don't. Maybe I should listen to it because I don't. I don't. I didn't know there was a Tootsie Roll involved. I didn't either because HLN couldn't air it. Like because the sex tapes they play in court are so bad. That what? HLN couldn't share. There was them. a sex tape. Oh, there was. Oh, there was like three hours of sex tapes that they had to listen to about was you know KY better than baby oil versus Vaseline versus Astroglide. They had to talk about that because she Who's recorded happened? him. She recorded him having sex tape or phone sex with her. If you want to know more, you <laughs> have to donate at least it's a dollar. <laughs> and for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn. corn. Don't put Tootsie Rolls in your vagina. Oh, that's where it was. <laughs> Go four to five and do zigzags. No episode next week. It's Eddie and the Muscle May. Race cars are in. Join Memorial Day.
Okay, remember that week. Thanks for listening.